Hello there, this is Andrew Blue Golden, Sounds and Vision. Once more, more than happy to be part of the industry that brings thee to me and me to thee. This week, part two of my erudite conversations with Mr. Johnny Ma. Of course, for the few of you who think he might be beyond the sea, Ma, got it? He was a guitar player from the Smiths and a number of other groups. The Pretenders for a while, I do believe. Most recently known for his work on the James Bond soundtrack and the tours that he's got coming up with Blondie in the UK and the Killers in the US. Blondie Spring 2022 and the Killers in the US starting August 2022. Can't remember what we're going to talk about, so just please stay with us. Johnny's new single, Spirit of Power and Soul, which comes from his Fever Dreams parts one to four, gets released next February. So hold on to your hats and your pocket money for that one, please. So now, without further ado, here is Mark, with the great pleasure of being with that treasure, Mr. Johnny Mark. Now, when I was just driving across uh, what, somewhere between Fargo and Billings and the Teddy Roosevelt Park. Recently. Very recently. Great. July, right? Yeah. Um, this voice, a voice or an internal voice, and so, you're going to get pretty high anyway, man, because if you're driving by yourself and you're doing nice hotels and espresso bars, so you've got to have a routine. It's, I'm on the route. You know, yeah, I saw that. I was following you. Yeah. I'm selling tickets, but, <laughs> you know, I'm... I'm, set, I'm on my own market. Were you on right. your own? Yeah. Oh, right. Had to be. Interesting. You're right. Yeah, of course. I, I get it. Yeah. You know, there's the routine. Has the hotel got this or not? What am I going to do? I mean, there's one hotel in Des Moines that's worth going to Des Moines for. Really? Yeah, I mean. Really? Right. Oh, yeah. Were, were you writing? No. Okay. Nor listening to music. Right. But no, man, at this age, when you drive, you want to hear the wheels, the car near to you? So you weren't listening to music when you were driving? No. The ho- those long drives, amazing. No, occasionally when I needed 10 minutes relief, yeah. Richard Dalla, Johnny Hallett. So where was your head at, if you don't mind me asking? Johnny On Hallett. the road. Of course you were listening. <laughs> <laughs> and I finally met him seven months before he died. Right. That was the only time you ever met him? Yes. Amazing, right, okay. So my life oh, went from oh, right with the world. working great. at the end of the block in a British tea room and him is only eight months older than me. And this was a, a source of ambition. Yeah, no. Like, yeah. he's appearing in the casino in a white tuxedo. The other French riffraff, as good as they are, Eddie Mitchell and Dick Rivers, they're appearing in clubs. Johnny Halliday, at the age of 17, has already, he's already doing the Charles Aznavour circuit. Right. It was awful then. Right. You know, he, you know he, I mean, he was only good when he came through the hoop and the laugh for me. The last 20 years. I mean, I never liked Leonard Cohen with an acoustic guitar, you know, because I'm not a girl <laughs> and I'm not looking to be seduced by, you know, thing. But when he turned the corner electronically and showed us it can be a sexual machine, that electronics on records can turn, you know, then I got interested. So Johnny, Johnny Halliday did that also, did Yes. 
Oh, right, because you so you've seen a bunch of his shows, though, right? Yes, I remember you talking yeah. to me that not that long ago about seeing him. Right, was no, it like it was maybe ten years ago, yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and, you, you, and he was great. Yeah, he was great, right? Fabulous. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's amazing to me. Though. Yeah, I mean, you know, a fascist prince. Right. I mean, right. With two of the people playing with him then, who've been with McCartney the last twelve years. The guitarist and the drummer. So he knew his shit, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. And he was in charge of that, right? He's always been, you know, taking Steve Marriott and Peter Frampton there and say, I am Jimi Hendrix this year. Right. Yeah, and think. But it, the, um, but the, the, okay, so on the road, this voice in, in, in me said, because I had to be ready to do nine hours a day, right? Shit. Um, but so you get to a certain headspace. In a mini clubman. Yeah. Countryman. Countryman, okay. But right. the, the one, right? You okay, know, it's a black it, one. It's got a place nearly. Right. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was good. It was very good. Well, 89 hours and, and, and not listening to any music, really. No. So were you, were you, are you feeling very reflective because of it? No. I'm feeling <laughs> not at all, man. No. <laughs> Wait, no, this, this is not going to happen. You know, no, right. please, come right. on. Right. You know, otherwise I'd be so, writing letters to people. Yeah, you exactly. Know. That's why I thought you might be writing. So what happened then? Stillness? Yeah. Okay. Right. Stillness, right. You know, and moments where you're nearly prepared for the inevitable. You've, you, you've had a moment where it's not a big deal. Sure. Again. Again. You know? Yeah, again. Yeah. But... When the voice spoke to me, or whatever, I'm not even going to say it was a yeah, voice. Yeah, it yeah. Was a thing. It said, yeah. and I had just been in Woodstock with uh, Cray at the beginning of the journey and his family there. So I went to Albert Grossman's grave yeah. and said, thank you, and said, I'm okay. Because okay. the last time I saw him, neither of us were okay. He, right. He'd kind of had it. I mean, he was only 62 when he died. Shit. Or no, 59, I think. Wow, he looked, right? he looked kind of old when he yeah. was young, didn't he? Yeah. What was the voice? What was the, oh, what's that? Yeah. What was so the, the voice said, I've got rid of all of your skin for you. You've changed. You've got totally new skin. Amazing. And I went, okay, well, this is good. Your skin does look good, Andrew. Thank you. Right. <laughs> and I went... Oh, this is good, right? <laughs> then, then the voice came back and he said, by the way, now that you've got new skin, and it looked like a reptile thing, you know. Sure. Now that you've got new skin, if you do certain things in your life now that you have carried on doing, more fool you. Now, it could be watching too many Law and Orders, it could be hanging outside churches looking for the leftovers. It'll do that. Right. It will do that. Or it could be having it, too many cheese sandwiches. It didn't, did, it, didn't. Or it could be your intuition. Yeah. It could be your intuition. Or it could be something cosmic. It could yeah. be something, dare I say, spiritual. Why, yes. Oh, no, why, yeah. Why the fuck not? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, my, I, thank, I have to always thank my mother for the faith I have because we're all put here for one reason or the other, but basically because she had no faith. Yeah. She was one of the A's, an agnostic or this or so and so. But if, you, if World War II started when you were 17 and very pretty and you spent from 17 to 23 dodging... Geezers. Uh, yeah. 
Um, then you're entitled to go, if anybody does exist, they're elsewhere. Do you mean, do you mean dodging bombs? Yeah. Did you mean, yeah. 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 But you were dodging a different... Uh, yeah, it's a thing, though, isn't it? I mean, you, your generation... Because, you know, I've had a couple of mates, like Joe, of course. Yes. God bless him. You know, yes. you, I, was, I was very happy that you guys got to meet, of course. Yes, I was too. Yeah, that was fantastic. Joe Marcy, yeah. ex-Smith's manager. But because we were so close, I had a real strong feeling for the, the post-war generation because he was my mate. My parents, being Irish, didn't have, have that relationship with the, with the Second World War. No. But Joe did. And, but they, your and, parents had music. Oh, my parents have music in them. Well, because they're, they're country people. They're from the country. Same as folk people, the way folk musicians or the folk tradition is in Eastern Europe yeah. or in, in South America, like rural music as entertainment and as escape 100%, you know. That's, totally. And it does affect the way you play, I think. Um, you play with a certain kind of attack, I think. You know, I mean... That, I mean, that, look at what Joe's generated. What, what we were weaned on the fact that we only just graduate sheet music was the, the biggest selling thing. The trucks, the, the flatbed trucks or whatever they were, vans, going around working class areas with a piano on the back. That's right, yeah. And, you know, that's how we got Paul McCartney. Right. And that's a compliment. From his, sure, yeah, his dad, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, that's how he got Pete Townsend. I mean... Yeah, his dad was uh, a... And John Emerson, you know, I mean, in, in terms of that. In terms of not my mother, because my mother was moving up the scale. Yeah. And had home entertainment with the gramophone. It was different in Hampstead. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was different. Yeah, it was. Yeah. You know, we lived in Kilburn once, but we don't nearly near a Kilburn. But we don't talk about well, that. we don't. <laughs> Shirley Ann Field was up the hill, you know. Um, uh, right, yeah. Yeah. yeah Did I look up that hill? Amazing, yeah. yeah. Right, you know, she was, oof. But, but, no, but I think why I went there was that, I think you having that kind of intuition and, it's also the drive, and when you emailed me and you told me about the drive, and right, I, yeah, I, I couldn't help but maybe I'm projecting, but but I, I, it's very beat. It's very very beat. Oh yeah, it, not intentionally, uh, in any which way. Because if someone told me, you know, I came went through a certain period. If somebody told me a book was good, and I don't want to read it. Right, you want to discover it yourself. Yeah, well, it might be worse than that. Yeah, my. Like, so the hence that I was one thing is you know having enjoyed your book in rotation yeah I and mean, I always sit there with four books and yeah me too yeah right? I, I don't know that, yeah and but I've just finished one and I still uh, the first ones are easy you know like then it right uh, I mean I could this with this one the, the last few chapters I could only write once every eight days because I'm dealing with the same onion. The same time period. You're f we're talking about your fourth book? Yes. Oh, right. Aftermath. Where I'm thinking of Very posing cool. myself in the same colours with the same typeface. <laughs> just in case. Yeah, exactly. But it just took it out of me. I, I'm, I don't have to say what it took out of me, because exhaustion is exhaustion. You don't have to analyse it. Interesting. Unless you want to get into trouble, right? Because by this time... You think it's unhealthy for you? Get, is that what you mean? Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, right. definitely. Yeah. You know, at a certain stage. Analyzing it's sort of yeah. healthy, yeah, right. Yeah. You don't want to shine a light on what it's taken, right? No point, it'll come. Yeah. You know, it'll come in a, in a sort of little moment of, you know, but right. you don't have to waste your time 
but you know. You know, when I, I was schooled in 79, 80, by then it had been long established that you were, no matter what, like, what thing you fitted into, whether you didn't have to be a bohemian musician or a dropout or anything, even if you were, like, a, a guy with an apprenticeship, you didn't live with your parents. I don't know what it was like when you were younger, but, but it was definitely, and certainly for working class, I guess our middle-class kids as well, boys and girls, you either... You left school at 15, 16, and a, tr- a trickle, a handful of, particularly if you were working class, this was in the, throughout the 70s and early 80s, a handful of working class, say in my case, boys, would go to uni and you would, would be paid. That's not that long ago. Okay, so you'd be paid to go to university, right? You, you get a grant and a pretty healthy one to live on. Off, wow. Uh, but you weren't at home if that happened. No, no, so you got a grant to live in halls and you get, you know, you got a, okay. a few hundred quid per uh, semester, say. Right. But now when I talk about this now, it seems like this crazy old fantasy. But to me, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, so you either went to a handful of kids, to only a handful of working class kids went to uni. But then you had people like me who were kind of going to drop out, say, right. or be, be alternative. And you got your rent paid by the government you know, the dole and they put towards your rent or you worked in a clothes shop or something like that, which is what I did. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Or you've got regular, say, guys who went into the school system going, well, yeah, these are some of my pals. I'm not going to be whatever it is you are. You know, you you say you're a musician, well, I'm not going to be a dropout and I'm going to either be a a carpenter or um, an electrician or a mechanic. It went in that order. Or a criminal was very close. True. It was always there was choice. that option also. Yeah. But you didn't live with your parents. As long as you had someone with you who gave you running time. Well, I sort of fell into without getting too romantic. No, we don't. I, I fell into I fell into two of those categories really. The 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 musician, obviously, and sort of subsidized by petty crime. Right. And it was all it felt hand in hand. But nowadays, as you rightly said, you know, when you, you get work at thirty six. Right. I mean, it's getting like that in the it UK, is. you know. Economically, I mean, it's, it's it's changing the way it's changing the way the generations relate to each other and everything. It's kind of interesting that people, even when they go to uni, they come back and they're living with the folks. It's it's a weird thing. I run out of words because of when I... This is not a downside, it's just an actuality of in leaving your, school and in, going on the street. Oh, yeah, in, in your book you run out yeah. of words. Your vocabulary you're talking about. Yeah, so that I, I don't have believe to... Huh? I don't believe it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's why one of the greatest things Scientology did for me, and there were a few, you know, when I was in that particular swimming pool, um, but one of the things they would do is to make sure that you knew a word... You would have to learn the, the origination of it, the Latin form, this or so and so so and so Brilliant. before you passed. So I would still look up things in dictionaries and I would find on the same page great words I didn't know that I would write down and go, right, I'll use this at a certain stage of the book. Yeah, great. That's handy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. With John Savage, you've got me intrigued in certain aspects of uh, astrology. 
Because, you know, because Johnny's he's very smart. Smart, you see. Is, is, you see, we need... I like to be around that version of smart. Mm. He's not our version of smart. What's the, what's the distinction, then? Well, you know, you don't have to discuss it. <laughs> or do you want me to pull your leg? No, it's fine. It's okay. fine. You know, he's, it's, I mean, it's the difference that we don't sit and uh, listen to Herman's Herman's hits for a month. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I like Peter Noon, though, but, you know, I used to, when I did his publicity, yes, I did it for, for Kennedy Street Enterprises. Yeah. And I used to take him in my Chevrolet with things. And in those days, you could go on the M1 and have a competition from overpass to overpass with a hammer of how many people's, uh, those things, they look through the mirrors, the side, thing on the side of the car. The wood mirrors? Yeah. Yeah. How many you could knock off? <laughs> <laughs> but in the powder blue Chevrolet, you kind of fab had a Don Arden yeah. license. Uh, they, their guitar player, Le- Leckerby, yep. was, was a really good guitar player. Yes. He was really good. Yeah, there were some good yeah. musicians around there. And John Paul Jones doing the arrangements. Of course. That's um, right. like, when it got to, there's a kind of hush and stuff like that. Right. You know. Is that a cover? It's kind of hush. Yeah. There's a kind of hush, yeah. They all were. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Peter was an actor. But what, what were we talking about? With, um, uh, oh, the, the, the difference, the, the, the whys. Well, I thought, oh, no, you were talking about running out of words. That's interesting. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the book, where are you? Where are you well, for example, I had a conversation with uh, John Savage. I finished it. I, I mean, I've done a last chapter, and I'm, I have two editors. And I'm sure you basically did the same thing. I had an editor who edited, right? Yeah. Then I had another editor who's known me since 1965, who's actually somebody who's in the film writing world. Oh, right. And knows me not very well, but knows the me that she thinks should be. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Representation. Yeah, and says, no, you're not saying that about yourself, Andrew. Right. And is probably right. Yeah. For the good of everybody, Andrew. Yes, not right. just you. For everybody's <laughs> right. good. Yeah. And, uh, well, I had, no, I was very, very lucky with my book. For a whole, just sort of the way circumstance uh, turned out, the uh, MD of the publishers of uh, Penguin Random House Century is right. a, just this fan- fantastic woman called Susan Sandon. And she's been around for, she's been in, in that, position for quite a long time I should say and she's edited loads of books and she kind of came down from on high to edit my book she doesn't really edit that often right. and she was absolutely fantastic partly because she just let me get on with it and I would, I would send her stuff and she would just send, send it back saying this is great keep going this is great and I, I had a feeling that what she was doing was just wait until the end and then we'll get into the nitty gritty which we did but actually she was being honest and sincere when I would send you know, a few thousand words often because I wrote my book in nine months. I had to do mine within a year. I just had to. Joe yeah. had just died. I had to get back to making the record. And I, I, frankly, I knew that I would, I would just drag it out otherwise. So I did it really uh, intensely over nine months. And I would send... On a laptop? Yeah, on a laptop. Yeah. Five, six, seven hours a day. And I would send Susan 
every few thousand words and she would just send wow. notes back okay. to me. This is really good, great. And then at the end, okay, yeah. I made these plans that, okay, we had this week scheduled for this when we're going to edit your book. And I was like, okay, it's going to be around June, July. I'm going to rent an apartment by the river, hang out at the South Bank. I'll go and have mm. lunch with some of my friends, go and hang out with some musicians and right. all of that. When it actually came to it, so I thought, oh, you know, it'd be, it, this, this is going to be a doddle. By the time I got to that, which was the deadline, <laughs> I was kind of, I don't know if you remember um, Martin Sheen at the start of Apocalypse yeah, Now, yeah. where he sat in that hotel room and he smashed the glass and he's yes. there in his underwear, yeah. crying with a broken mirror and blood everywhere. I was pretty much that guy by the time I was finished. Really? By the time I got to edit, and I haven't even edited it in then. So that week of editing was really, really intense because I went in there with with Susan Sandon and my daughter, Sonny, who is uh-huh. uh, a junior editor now at Penguin. And that was pretty interesting working with... I've worked with both my kids recently, and she's really good at what she does. And so I was... Susan was in there and I, and it was very intensive, that editing process. And then I'd have to go back at the night and change all of this, change a lot of stuff. Wow. At the same, I mean, that, I, oh, yeah, man, I, I would need so, time away. I was so burnt out. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I was, I'd wake up at 3.30 in the morning and go, oh, no, no, hang on a minute. It was, uh, I got that bit wrong. No, I couldn't have written that then. Oh, man, it was crazy. And, um, and then there's sub-editor who you don't meet and people who are just doing check fact checking and all of that stuff but it was very very intensive and unlike the record industry as it is the record industry, as it still is a record industry, no 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 it? It, it is and I'll, I'll let finish but i'll tell you why it is right same. well but when that was done it was practically released weeks later okay that's good it is good but what what it meant was that i was really burnt out when i came to promote it now I can handle it. I don't want to be too much of a wuss about it, but I found go on, go on. mainstream. I found the mainstream media very intrusive. I wasn't really feeling very particularly robust in, okay. in handling it, right. and I found the glare of the television lights to be kind of they really burnt me out. I, it does. I, I, yes, I was. I was really burnt, and it's. It wasn't like me to be spending an entire year looking back. I'm sort of pathologically forward-looking. And just the physical act of six... It's like doing a dissertation every day, six, seven hours pretty much every day, and working weekends and all that, blah, blah, blah. So I, w- I was really wrecked by the time I came to do the, the promotion of the book. And I didn't really like it. I'm still, you know, trying to be... Trying to have gratitude for the part that people gave a shit right. and that the book was right. successful. So I didn't want to be that guy. I wasn't going to be a big baby about it. But anyway, what was interesting about it was... I was like, oh, man, now I've got to promote it, but... I was going, Matt, I need to make some music. I really need to make some music in, in, in an almost physical way because yeah. I was starting to feel a bit like a product. And the, the great antidote for feeling like a product is to just do something. For me, is to do something creative, yeah, yeah, just to play and do some. So it, it really helped me that... Uh, to what blood type are you? We, I know we've discussed this. See, I've forgotten, you know, we have discussed it, yeah. Yeah, because my, my version of what you, I have to hike... I have to physically, and I'm sure you do it musically, is to get myself back up physically where um, this is working and it's not working. The brain is working, and, but because it's not working. Sure. I've got it down to nothing. 
Now I'm That's doing one of these with a meditation guy that I go to here is also a shrink and everything like that. And I, I could very easily just sit there and say, well, shall we just meditate for the hour? You know, not that, you know, I enjoy the power of doing it with a lot of people, but the same way as that's what you're doing when you need the music that's physically. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've got a strange, apart from Tom Mish, detachment from music. Although, man, I was in Montreal just before I went to England, and I'm walking through Victor Victoria Square, it is, yeah, and there's this girl, you know, French-Canadian, singing for the... Were, you know, the business people were sitting out in the park and there was a band with a band and there was a row of uh, four or five guitars there, okay? And one of the things I liked about Tom Mish was he only used one guitar. Sure, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and I stayed for the whole show, which yeah. I didn't for Jean-Michel Jarre, excuse me, right, you know, whatever. But this girl, I, mean, I got worried because I really liked her. You know, and there was a tone. I've got, I've got the record. I'm going to so investigate you, it. So you, you, you weren't detached. Was that what you're saying? Is that why you were worried? Oh, no. Um, I, I'm really not interested in liking someone so much. I want to help them. Oh, I see. God, the old itch. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. and I'm pleased to say, I right. via Twitter, I asked her to follow me so that I could ask her a question, and she didn't. <laughs> oh. Right, oh, it's a cold, cold digital domain. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Dead. Oh, good. But I, I was with Max. He came to spend a few days with me in Montreal. Right? Wow. And, you know, I got, I got the shivers. Yeah. Right? The third ear was working. Interesting. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the tone of the guitars was coming off the pavements and the trees. The only question I wanted to ask her was, <laughs> do you sing in English? Yeah. Yeah, right. But um, so it, so there was yeah, but was that creative sparking you though, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting. You never know where, where. it's homeopathic heroin, isn't it? The whole body is taken over. Actually, is doing the process a disservice by calling it that. But there is yeah. a, a warmth, a yeah. longing. There is an, an, an understanding. I mean, the thing was, when I would see Bob Carew in the studios in New York or when we had the Stones in California as Dave Hassinger or as Ron Malo in chess, wow, man, you know, there's no guys in fucking lab rat, you know, raincoats and EMI and, you know, you yeah. may listen to the work. I mean, the Beatles changed that here in terms of once they had to let an act listen back to what they've done. Yeah, amazing. Because right. we've only just come out of Billy Fury and Helen Shapiro and they had to be lucky if they if they heard their hits. What about Dusty? You know, I, I, we can't talk without me okay. bringing up Dusty because she she needed to hear what she'd been singing, right? Surely she wanted to hear. hear yeah, her, but you see, or the is yeah, this, I'm sure. But the Beatles changed that, and you changed yeah. that by that time. So what we're talking about really is the artist, the young person who had the attitude, even if they haven't written the song such as people like Dusty, people who I really revere, yourself, going, no, shit, man, no, let me hear what, what's going on and I'll tell you whether it's the right tempo. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Oh, no, totally from that point of view. But I don't, so I'm not sure... what we're talking about is... Dusty qualifies. No, right, no, this is what I'm asking. Because if the track's cut, it's going to be used. Yeah. 
and it is it either it's either worked or or it hasn't. But right. okay, but Fair take enough. it to yeah. another level. Okay, you're completely right, and you're completely right whether you're working with the right people in the control room or the wrong people, because no one. I mean, I as you you know as in the eighties and nineties because I was busy. My listening agenda was John Lennon, Leonard Cohen. It was the darker side. Dion. Oh, always. Yeah, I know, I know you like to say Dion, yeah, actually. Right. Yeah, you know, I just... I, and usually a voice that is an instrument. Okay. That separates, you know, right? But there was a, an agenda that was driven by my, basically my liaison with drugs, although in Colombia at least I had wholesale decorum. Because I was on the factory floor, so to speak, right? But, and I'm only now catching up with a lot of the music that I missed. Sure. Only when it, I don't look for it. Only when it, you know, pass, you know, when it, oh yeah, and I'll stop and I'll, you know. Well, you turn me on to Super Furries. There you are. Which, okay. um, right, right. Yeah. Who, who are just magnificent. That still sound great. Yeah, and totally. Yeah. Totally. But, but, okay. But moving it forward, yeah. so I want to see if this is where, how much of you has moved forward to this. Oh, I was thinking things better. Right. Yeah. Good, good, yeah. So you're an early 70-year-old. Uh, yeah, I, right. Bring it. it was, I've always had older mates, you right. know, trying to learn what I can. Bert Janich was the other guy I was thinking about. as was a right. guitar player who sadly passed away only on, on maybe five years ago now. Time goes really quickly, but he was the other, the other person I was thinking about. I've had a few mates who are older. And I try and learn from people, you know. I've always had... I mean, my, you know, on, my, on the subject of my book, one of the things that is, comes through it was that... Um, I found myself around as a youngster around a lot of older guys yep. with like with like this little sponge, and I was very always. Uh, always very aware of being the younger as well, which I think you seemingly must have been as well when you. So I do I do enjoy older people. In the last ten years, I got to know again the photographer Jerry Shansberg, who did the Stones pictures in drag. Oh right, okay. You know, and at that age, man, you don't you didn't ask people you met how old are you? No, no right, of course, yeah. And Lou Adler was asking me, um, well, how's, how's Jerry? You know, because he did the first films with Pacino, Gene Hackman, and all of this. And I said to Lou, well, you know, um, we're trees with branches with a few leaves fluttering around. Because Lou's 83, so Jerry's 91. Right? And I said, Jerry's just a tree. Right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that, just a tree. That's a good... Right. There you go. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sounds and Vision. To remind you, please go to my show notes for your YouTube audiovisual companion playlist. Our show is produced by Mr. Craig Snyder. The photography of moi was by Bettina Laplante. Michael Donaldson did the production and the audio design. 
You can reach me at Instagram or Twitter by finding at Lou Golden. And to find more of some scintillating musical podcasts, please visit doubleelvis.com or follow at Double Elvis on Instagram or at Double Elvis FM on Twitter. Sounds and Vision is a production of and by Because Entertainment. Look forward to seeing you next week. May this week be a treat for you. Embrace yourself, okay? Keep doing it.